I'm Susie. And I'm Lisa. And this is The Coaching Cast. We are the no-nonsense podcast, chatting about the things impacting you at work right now, helping you to survive and thrive in today's ever-changing workplace. We discuss different topics each episode, sharing our ideas, hints and top tips from our experiences of working in the corporate world, running our own businesses and also being qualified coaches. We also try to have a few laughs along the way too, because taking yourself too seriously is, well, just boring. So, we hope you enjoy listening. In today's episode, we're discussing the workplace trend of quiet quitting, alongside our experiences and top tips. So stay with us and enjoy! So before we get into today's episode, Lisa, how have you been? I have an injury. <laughs> so for those of you who are listening and not watching us on YouTube, um, Lisa is showing her hand. To the I've screen. got a strong hand. Because she has been hand. in the walls, haven't you? I have, yes. I'm feeling very sorry for myself. I've got this bandaged hand. I've got a plastered elbow. Uh, elbow? I can't even great this is what happens she doesn't here. even know what's wrong with I her I don't even know what's wrong with me I'm not even quite clear I did have a knock to the head and it's obviously affected my intelligence even more than you know my intelligence is already generally struggling I knocked my shoulder not my elbow um so yes I did have a fall at the weekend when I went out running so see exercise is dangerous well I've always said that yeah <laughs> so yeah so I've really cut my hand quite badly I mean by cut it's a child graze. If if your child had fallen over, this would just be classified as a graze. You'd put a bit of Savlon on it, pat them off on their way back to school. But um, with me, I'm an adult. And as everyone keeps telling me, as I've unfolded this story about falling over, falling over as an adult is a lot worse. So, yeah. although the way people are talking to me think I was geriatric. So I, I'm like, I'm not that old. You know, I just tripped over my own feet. It's very embarrassing. As in, I think that's what happened. I wasn't looking where I was going. So I'm assuming that's what happened. So, yeah. So it was a bit of drama on Sunday. Aww. I was staying away um, and I was at a hotel and they called a paramedic. It was all very dramatic. There was talks of me going to the hospital. Bearing in mind, I didn't need stitches. It wasn't, <laughs> honestly. <laughs> but I have to admit, I'm a complete worse than the pain I was in and the way I've behaved ever since you know you'd think I'd nearly lost a limb I think I'd managed to like I woke up in the early hours of yesterday really uncomfortable and had managed to convince myself by the time my alarm went off at seven that I was going to lose my left hand so <laughs> there is there is definitely <laughs> there is definitely you know some validity in you know how dramatic this has been mainly caused by myself um so yeah so I apparently can have operations, go into surgery, be cut open, but graze myself. Oh no, that's so next much level. worse. That's next level. Um, yeah, very embarrassing. Aww, very embarrassing. Bless you. Yes. Well, I've got you know, this sore hand. I'm glad you are now on the road to recovery <laughs> and you are on the mend. Um, yeah, that's very important. I'll provide and... you all with an update in next week's episode as yeah. to how I'm doing, how the scars are progressing. I've yeah. already started to freak out about getting some terrible scarring. I mean, honestly, oh. what I mean, 
really I need to like pull myself together <laughs> not that bad well we've only got a couple of episodes left in this season now so we could do like a weekly graze update for all the listeners to see yeah. how it's how it's progressing and hopefully by the se- by the time the season concludes we, you know it's fully back to you're back to health and yeah and hopefully I'm not still wearing to go. this bloody bandage so cumbersome it does look oh. quite, yeah, extensive, the bandaging on that hand, I have to say. It's because of the extent of the grazing. The grazing oh. starts around here, and then I've got some up here. I'm just gesturing towards my hand, listeners. Top of the hand, palm. In other words, the palm of the hand. The palm. The, the palm, palm has been severely damaged. So it is the most awkward thing ever. You know, trying to wash yourself. Apparently, I can no. get this wet, but I'd rather not. So I had a shower before this episode. You'll be pleased to hear. <laughs> and there's no plastic- smell of vision here it's fine no, that's true put a plastic bag over my hand yeah um because i don't want to get it wet it's just that's even more annoying than having like a soggy hand a wet yeah. soggy hand brilliant near electrical equipment as well i need to preserve my mac and my microphone but honestly <laughs> i was just like how am i supposed to wash myself you know, know. I'm, i've got to think about the logistics of shaving my armpits that's the one i'm now nervous about because you know it is warm here in cape town people and a sleeveless top is not an impossibility, but at the moment it is because my armpits are not for public consumption. Oh dear. So they're gonna have to say hairy for a bit longer. But I haven't quite worked out how to grip the razor. And that mm-hmm. I mean that could that could result in a whole nother hospital trip. Oh god, yes. I've got, no. enough, in- oh. I've got enough injuries as it is. Oh god, yeah. I think we should maybe like leave that one for at least a couple more days. I'll stick with the long before sleeves. We, yeah, before we attempt that, I think it's probably a good idea. <laughs> I remember yeah. like when I when I had my appendix out at the very start of the coaching cast. Oh yeah, season one. Well, yeah, season one, episode one actually. Yeah. Um, when I told everyone that you'd had what did I say you'd had a ruptured erupted appendix, <laughs> an erupted appendix, an, erupt, er, an, an erupted. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Ruptured is the correct term. Ruptured was actually yeah. Exactly. I I told everyone that your appendix had erupted like a volcano. <laughs> <laughs> I think it actually had. To be oh honest. god, trauma. <laughs> Um, but I remember the whole yeah washing the hair situation because I had like a big scar on my tummy and I which I couldn't get wet. Yeah, and it's a it is absolutely a challenge of recovery. Is how do you wash your hair? How do you like wash without either assistance as well? I remember like sitting at the side of the bath with like in some like weird position with my kind of shoulders and my head like backwards over the bath and my mum washing my hair because I that's the only way we could kind of do it that also wasn't in excru- giving me like excruciating pain because I said <laughs> had like surgery on my stomach yeah like it is quite a hazard yeah how you how you navigate the whole washing post an injury oh, that's for sure God. well I am um, I'm trying to plan ahead to how I'm going to wash my hair because it's actually my hands that I mean this one you can see has got a few cuts my right hand has a few cuts it's actually quite painful and I can't really use my left hand so I'm like well I don't really want Dom to wash my hair for me it's very I think you're gonna have to get somebody to do it for you well I also thought I've gone through a difficult time I deserve a treat I might just go and get my hair washed and blow-dried oh I mean yes we talked about this before <laughs> again on this podcast <laughs> I like... might just treat myself to a wash and blow-dry do it yeah there's, there's nothing better than having your hair washed oh, and blow-dried in I my love opinion. having my hair washed so much. I love the head massage yeah I'm not as keen about somebody washing my hair I'll be honest oh I love that I love that bit I'm lazy I, 
I'm also well I'm quite lazy as well but also I get cold really quickly so oh sorry that's me beeping oh um, is are you yeah. okay yeah everything's fine for you this is the everything's diabetes alarm's gone off but I will just let our listeners know so you may hear some beeping like a beep, beep throughout this episode um there's nothing going off in your house don't worry or in the surrounding environment that you may be listening to this podcast it's my insulin pump uh it's due to expire um shortly and so it will make a lot of beeping um on the kind of run up to that period where it suddenly expires nothing happens it still works I just then have to change it but it's very dramatic in the lead up and when it actually is the time it'll probably go like that so do not worry there is nothing about to explode it is just me and my insulin pump I have to say that as like a lot especially if I'm like in a workshop or coaching someone because you can't turn it off and you can't make it quiet so it's really really frustrating I find it incredibly annoying anyway um (laughs) as long as you're all right that's the main thing absolutely fine yeah absolutely fine I'm intrigued now to see where that goes off at what point in the episode if it does go off during this recording because that would be quite funny like can we turn it into a bit of a we did that on purpose is it going to help us to really accentuate a point (laughs) it's it's due to go off in 25 minutes oh that that would still be during the recording of this podcast yeah so what yeah keep an ear out everyone yeah Um, see see where it comes (laughs) high quality production (laughs) right (laughs) yeah on the coaching cast everyone um stay tuned (laughs) (laughs) all right well should we get cracking with today's episode let's do it i'll see i'll see how i manage me and my strong hand see how (laughs) see how we get on i think i'll be okay thankfully i didn't fall on my 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 face and squash my mouth or hurt my mouth in any way (laughs) she can still talk everyone that was the main purpose so i think we're good to go Quiet quitting. You may or may not have heard about this before, but it is a workplace trend which is dominating social media. After an American TikToker posted a video on it, which went viral over the summer. It was also on the top 10 list of new words for 2022 by Collins English Dictionary. So what is it? Well, despite the name, it actually has nothing to do with quitting your job. It means doing only what your job demands and nothing more. Essentially, quitting doing anything extra. So staying within the boundaries of your job requirements. So no more helping out with additional tasks or checking those emails on an evening. So Lisa, what are your thoughts on this concept of quiet quitting? Yeah, so I wrote an article about this in September when I'd started to clock onto the fact that this term was being used everywhere and I hadn't really fully understood its meaning. So I did some research. I un- learned about the, the TikToker and his video that he posted. And I definitely think there are two interpretations of what it means. So I think... On the one hand, it can very much mean from a positive perspective, being clear about your boundaries and doing what's required of you, but knowing when enough's enough and respecting your own time, respecting the need to rest, to 
invest in activities that help you to feel good, relax, switch off, getting home on time to spend time with family. So I, I think there is that positive sense to it, but I do think it has also a more negative uh, understanding and interpretation that people have given it, which is this sitting at your desk, letting the time while away, doing the bare minimum and effectively staying for a paycheck and that is it and not potentially therefore even putting in a hundred percent just doing the bare minimum of what you need to do to get by and there's that suggestion that you're just doing it to be carried along in a job so that you get the cash but actually all the while you're not really fully delivering and delivering what your potential and your capability really is is there for to do. So I think there are very much two negative uh, two interpretations, sorry, one positive, one negative. And I know when I converted my article into a short uh, version, into a LinkedIn post and, and kind of got a view from others, I found that people, their reaction to the term quite quitting immediately jumped to that negative. And yeah. I think it is just because of the notion of, well, potentially how each of those two words that are being used in the term make us feel. Like quiet definitely has more of that peaceful side to it, but I do think it can also trigger thoughts of retreating and hiding and staying in the background and not speaking out not speaking up not engaging and then quitting I think just does have that negative feeling to it yeah it does so whether that's right or wrong though because I do think I've been reading a lot about how actually quitting isn't always a bad thing and we've come to only view quitting in the negative when actually it can be a very powerful stance to take and it's just you know knowing when enough is enough and when actually it's okay to give up if you know what I mean um and to do so to protect ourselves and respect ourselves so I, I think that's just more of like a historic association with the word quit but I think that's where you know even I know when I first heard it that was my immediate um reaction to it was oh this isn't a good thing yeah um I do like the alternative view about you care for yourself you implement boundaries I appreciate all of that but I don't like that as being labeled as a quiet quitter yeah I know what you mean I think I had the same reaction to it as well when I kind of came across it because it has like you said that word that use of the word quitting it's got that suggestion there that you yeah. are kind of walking away from something you're not doing um something that you should be doing or quitting from it mm. or you want to be doing um and it's got that once you start like delving into what it actually is and what it means I think there's also that suggestion there that it that comes through depending on what you read about it actually I've kind of had various read various articles some of which are you know obviously really positive some aren't so much some are really balanced but I think one of the things that does come out as a theme is about that suggestion of, of kind of like when it's there it's about kind of coasting like yes you're yeah, not going coasting. above and beyond yeah you know the um articulation of your job spec essentially mm. 
Um, and is that a good thing? Because it's protecting, might be protecting you and your well-being and allowing you to have boundaries. Or actually, is that a bad thing? Because you're perhaps not showing willing, you're not showing that you um, are committed, that you won't go above and beyond. So I think there are definitely like pros and cons um, to it. And one of the things I've, I, I came across when I was um, doing some reading for this, this was an article in the Financial Times. Check me out. <laughs> um <laughs> But um, I'm just going to kind of share this because I thought this is really in- interesting. It said some companies um, have built their business model on people constantly going above and beyond their And so their job descriptions are on dangerous ground. So, for example, some of the rail disruption in the UK this summer was uh, a case in point in terms of quiet quitting operators. I won't name names, but some had relied for years on staff voluntarily working extra shifts on their days off. Mm. When they staff started withdrawing their goodwill, so i.e. not going above and beyond what they were kind of contracted to do, the service started to fall over. So there's obviously other reasons why as well, but that is one of the kind of um, inputs to that situation. And I was like, that makes total sense because people only have so much available to kind of give above yeah. and beyond yeah. and when that balance isn't there or you take advantage of it or people feel that you're taking advantage of it in one way or another you know they will start to retreat that's natural it's not sustainable no I think that's true as well there's in the NHS I think that's been applicable to that as well especially as staffing has become more problematic and those that therefore are in those positions who are still there, still trying to to work, still trying to do a good job are expected, therefore, to pick up the slack and do more. It's definitely true in the hospitality sector as well. That's why the hospitality sector has become so challenging to work in because there's fewer people working in it. Then the demands on the people that are there grow. Um, but it's not sustainable. And that's not the answer. It's interesting, actually, what you said about the... Um, going above and beyond because I do think we've all become much more um we've become used to the fact that actually that's the norm that Mm. going above and beyond is how you achieve success so you you can't be successful through just doing well in your job and within the boundaries of your job you can only be successful if you do more than that um and there's a lot being written about that at the moment too in terms of when did this become our normal yeah that overstretching yourself was just the way it is and I think sometimes especially on some platforms like social media platforms it can be um kind of glamorized quite a lot as well like around the hustle like around you know I must get up at 5am and have a nice bath and then do like an hour of yoga and then eat this like clean diet and all really good things don't get me wrong but there's also like a realism there I think how you know and then I'm working like 15 hours or whatever it's, it's, it's just about kind of you know I think taking it back a step isn't it and and kind of looking at some of the basics which make us successful and perhaps make us productive at the same time and how you balance those up Um, and totally because I think you know you mentioned the hustle culture that's definitely something that I think has grown and accelerated in recent mm -hmm. years and you know with social media with everyone 
you know, I suppose marketing themselves and how busy they are and celebrating busyness. Like we've all started to wear that as a badge of honor and that's totally suited our employers as well, who we work for, because if we are showing that, that need, that want to just fill our time, to juggle loads of different activities, whether that's work related, home related, you know, both as well as have a side hustle, actually, you know, that only appeals to to workplaces because they know actually you want more, you like doing a lot, you can cope with a lot. So we'll just keep piling it on. Yeah, no, definitely. So why do you think it has recently taken off then? So building off that kind of point there, like why do you think quiet quitting has recently taken off as a workplace movement? Because I, because I think it comes back to us all being forced to stop because of the pandemic. Mm. I think, you know, the pandemic forced all of us inside, into our homes, staying still, not going anywhere, working from whatever space we could find where we were living, and our worlds shrunk. And so I think once we'd got into that rhythm of remote working, for those of us that did, and that, let's be honest, was quite a vast majority of the workforce because of the type of jobs that um we now all operate um you know they've moved away from that majority working in very practical physical jobs that require you to be there in a, a specific place um you know those of us who were working remotely once we'd adjusted to the change and become in you know very accustomed to a routine we realized what we could achieve with our jobs which for those of us who were predominantly working remotely it in the main stayed the same yeah. you know what we could deliver but we could do that all in a very different way and in a way that gave us so much more flexibility to bring in other aspects of our lives and made our home lives a lot easier a lot simpler because you know we weren't doing commutes we weren't having to be places we weren't having to see customers face to face we weren't you know I think once then the pandemic progressed moved on and we started to return to a form of you know back to normal actually as we've been discussing as well in recent times you know we had that conversation with Helen last week about hybrid working a lot of businesses haven't returned back to pre-pandemic way of working yes there are businesses that are trying to force that but the fact is as people are waking up and going well actually there are things that I want to take away and I want to keep and make permanent from how I was working during the pandemic because I like it. And actually I've proven as and many organizers have organizations have proven that it can still work successfully. So why would I go back to that? And I think as well, just being that, that time of being at home and getting into this new routine and way of working has triggered a lot of thought in people around you know, what's important to me and yeah, what do I want for myself? How do I want to live? How do I want to work? And I do think we've got more choices because it's very hard for businesses to say you have to come back to the office or jobs can only be office-based when we've proven for two years that that's not true. So that's yeah. why I think people have started to go, well, actually, no, I don't want that. And I don't have to choose that. So there are other options. So I, I do think that's where 
this rise has come from of this notion of quiet quitting if we're talking about the being clear about boundaries what I will and won't do what I'll do more of what I won't you know when I will do more when I won't you know I think that's where that notion has come from I think this if you're talking about the the you know the the interpretation of quiet quitting where we're talking about that coasting I don't think that's a new thing because I think that's technically has always been there and that comes back to still that challenge that I think individuals have which is engagement and how do you engage a workforce and back to leadership and management skills which we've spoken about before which I still don't think are invested in properly I mean I don't know what your thoughts are on where you think this has come from (laughs) she's like nodding at me I'm like is that is that a good sign I'm not sure I was intently listening to what you were saying actually um yeah I do I think the you know I think the pandemic played a massive part in um shifting people's perceptions and mindsets towards work in the ways that you've articulated there i.e they've they've seen an alternative perhaps to what was happening before I certainly have like even in my house you know my husband works high does hybrid working now two days from home probably two three days from the office um before it was five days full time in the office okay so I think you know that um productivity that way of working during the pandemic really illustrated like there is kind of choice here and actually you can still deliver your job whilst having some flexibility uh, around your working environment and I think then that's you know that did that was one of the positive things in my opinion that came out of the pandemic is that it helped change that mindset a little bit for individuals and work but also for organizations too and then leading from that I think you know people realize that work shouldn't consume their lives because actually there are a lot of the time bigger things at play Mm -hmm. um that you know are more important don't get me wrong work is important absolutely but you know there is sometimes bigger stuff at play as well oh I'm beeping here we go here we go (laughs) um so like your insulin pump about to expire (laughs) there are bigger (laughs) things at play guys um so you know I think that just again it's all about that perspective I think it's all about like challenging that status quo and I think we've been through a couple of years where that's really really happened on Mm -hmm. a massive scale because of what's happened in the world through the pandemic and so that quiet quitting movement has probably then you know gained momentum because of those external factors that have forced some of that change um I do do think as well like sorry um to interrupt you um if we're talking about disengagement in the sense of quiet quitting and that interpretation, I do think the last couple of years have actually been filled with a lot for all of us to process. Mm. You know, we've had to deal with a lot of things, things that many of us have never had to deal with before in, you know, the wider context of society and what's going on in the world. I mean, there isn't a hell of a lot of positive messaging coming at us it's all you know it was the pandemic and then it's been the war in Ukraine since yes and the threat of Russia and there's the cost of living and 
energy price hikes, fuel price hikes. Um, you know, in the UK, we've had an absolute roller coaster politically. You know, it's just it's never ending. It's not ending now. Yeah. And I I think there is a real lethargy that is totally unsurprising and to be expected. And I think we should all like be forgiven for when it comes to then our day to day. And I mean, yeah. like, there are a lot of people who did find working from home extremely difficult and are still challenged by it. So, you know, the fact that maybe there's a lack of energy in what we're doing at times, I mean, I don't, is that surprising? I don't yeah. think so. I think that's where engagement becomes even more important. And, you know, to strip off that fancy word engagement, which I think everyone loves to use, especially in corporate contexts and you know, certain departments will wax lyrical about engagement. Just have a chat, which is all it actually is fundamentally. And that's how you achieve the wider, loftier heights of engagement. It's, I do think it just comes down to that. Are we actually even having a chat with each other and checking in and seeing yeah. how people are and what the hell's going on and what's working, what's not working? You know, are you having a good day or a bad day? Like, are you tired today? Never mind, we'll start again tomorrow. Do you know what I mean? Just like appreciating that we're human beings and actually going back to that whole debate around the above and beyond culture we've become too used to actually that wasn't sustainable so you can't expect the same things from a lot of us anymore yeah let's just have a bit of realism everyone like just mm. put a bit of realism into it I love that word you used before I'm gonna steal that lethargy oh lethargy oh hello I like love that, that word it's a good one isn't it lethargy what can I wow. say I'm wow. trying to improve my repertoire of... of oh, well, there's another one there. Descriptive Rep- language. <laughs> I'm trying. Love it. Love it. Okay, so I suppose, you know, if everybody was to kind of activate this approach of quiet quitting, especially if you're in an organisation or in a business, and the same, remember, this can be applied if you work in a smaller business as well, or you perhaps have your own business with other people within it, if everyone was to kind of activate this approach of quiet quitting, do you think there are any downsides? I think it depends in what context and in how we're using that term, because if we're using it in respective, if, if, if everyone was clear on expectations, if expectations were realistically set in the first instance and yeah. everyone decided what their boundaries were shared them communicated them ensured that boundaries were complementary between every single person do I think the notion of working delivering your job in the time allocated and that still enabled you to have rest and spend time with your family is a good thing yes I don't think that can ever be a bad thing but it can only be a good thing if it's worked in the way I've described if everyone just chooses to look after themselves and that is it and doesn't have the open conversation, doesn't take a collaborative approach where it's about ensuring that that approach can be complementary to others, that, you know, then no, it can't work. You can't have everyone switching off is the point. Yeah. But that's only if we're talking about it when we're saying that people are just disengaged. Yeah. Frame this idea however you wish. I think... The, the term itself can be interpreted in different ways. And I think you have to be aware of those interpretations and make it work for yourself when you're thinking about your own environment, your own team, yourself, you know, depending on what is the most um, relevant scenario. 
to apply this to. And when it comes to, you know, wanting to address this, if you genuinely think this is taking place within your team, if you've got an, an individual and individuals, I think it's just about talking about it. You know, I still come down to, I still think a lot of this stuff still comes down to the basics of these things become issues because they escalate based on people's assumptions and labeling and judgments and just not having conversations. And I think actually there's some real good that can come out of prompting a conversation on this topic because you're creating honesty and openness and wanting to identify what's working for people and what's not and looking at how do we achieve more balance and what does that mean for you as an individual but us as a team and therefore that can create a much more inclusive environment um but I do think a good starting place is especially if you lead people and you're coming at this from the perspective of I'm going to talk about this with my team because I do think it's relevant is question yourself first which is you know what expectations am I setting? Are they realistic? Even, you know, level it up, you know, are the real expectations that I'm being set realistic on me and my team? You know, I do think it has to start there and, you know, what does good look like from a person's performance and what do we want from people and how do we want them to show up? And I think question that first before then thinking about how to engage with other people, because is it actually a problem that's being driven by yourself or even higher up? And where does the problem therefore need to be fixed? So what are your top tips then for successfully navigating quiet quitting? I couldn't say that word there. (laughs) (laughs) So I would say... I think probably to summarize some of the things I've already said, I think it would be let's go straight to the top of where we think this could be coming from in the first place. And that is the expectations that are being set and the, therefore the, the environment that's being created because of that. So I think if you yourself are experiencing this at the moment and think, actually, I think I'm quietly quitting, think about, you know, what are the expectations that you're putting on yourself and that are being set for you and what your thoughts about that. And I think if you lead a team, you can apply that to yourself as well. And that's where I would start from and like challenge yourself in terms of like, what expectations have I set for the team? Are they realistic? And where have they come from? Because again, if they've, if you yourself feel like they've been placed on you by senior management, then I think it's about thinking what conversation can you have like above beforehand and and how if you feel able to how can you control that and how it impacts your team I think it's then thinking about what are the standards that you operate to like what does good look like and what is good enough like I don't think sometimes we ask ourselves that question which is actually what is good enough what's acceptable And I don't mean that because I think sometimes people have a connotation of like, what can you get away with? That's not what I mean. But I do think sometimes we have to recognize when we're just pushing too much on ourselves unnecessarily and that's not required. And again, I think you can ask yourself that question uh, internally and then also think about that in terms of your own team, because sometimes people go above and beyond because they're not clear what good enough is is supposed to be like what it actually is so they just keep pushing 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 striving because they don't realize that maybe they've already achieved it and they don't need to so I think that's important 
And then I think the the third thing I would say is around, you know, boundaries. Like what boundaries are you going to set for yourself that you feel really enable you to have both success at work and the time that you need to rest? And if you manage people, open that up as a conversation with them so that actually collectively you're agreeing together what your boundaries are going to be and therefore you can support one another and again, that can kind of feed into that standards piece. But that will all be around prompting honest, open, inclusive conversations that help to get this all out in the open and help to ask, you know, even that question, are we quietly quitting? How are we feeling about this? Do we think it's applicable to us? It might not be. Um, but if it's if there's things that Susie and I, I think, have spoken about, I think if anything's resonating with you, then I think it's worth exploring, like, where's that coming from and why? now time for bullshit bingo it's back this week people it's back we we took a break for a week because helen was with us but here it is for you today so those of you who are familiar with this feature this is where we call out phrases that get commonly used in the workplace that me and susie just think are a load of nonsense and that we love to share in here for a bit of a laugh so today's bullshit bingo is we need a fire drill deck now (laughs) fire drill deck so, Suze, what, what are your thoughts on this one? Fire what even does it mean? What is it? Is it I literally, don't... I mean, this could be just simply, maybe they do need a fire drill deck. If well, maybe we... they do, yeah. Like, if that's an actual thing. Emergency, we need a fire drill. Health oh, and please. safety teams, you know, they'll be saying that you definitely need to be clear about how you manage your fire drills. Just go, there is a real fire. Absolutely. I'm... Hmm. You know, you cannot go wrong with that kind of rigor from a health and safety perspective. Hell no, you can't. I would say. So I've watched this... a lot of Fireman hmm. Sam. I oh, know of this. course you have. Yeah. Where's Arthur when you need him? I know. Um, but in the context of non-health and safety related things, what the flipping heck does this mean? I've got no idea. I've never oh, heard this God. before. Do we know where this come from, came from? No, I've got no idea fire drill deck do you think it might mean in terms of like we need something to we need to pull something urgently together to deal with this emergency yeah maybe or prevent this kind of emergency in future yeah who knows i was thinking like a rehearsal deck like you know you have kind of oh yeah yes like a I don't know, like an initial plan, like a yes. rehearsal of how you would do something. Yes, because we do love that in the corporate world, don't we? Where you have to have a deck to prepare for a deck. A deck, yeah. Absolutely. Or a meeting to prepare for a meeting, a presentation. <laughs> we need to have a presentation planned to plan for the presentation. Correct, 100%. That could, that could be this. That's what this could be about. <laughs> Who knows? Well, guys, this is a good one. We're flummoxed. This is so, bamboozled us. I'll be honest. I've got bamboozled. no idea what this means. If you know what this means, DM us on Instagram. Send us an email, please. Hello at thecoachingcast.co.uk. Because I am actually intrigued about what this means. I need Indeed. to know. Indeed. And if you've got a bullshit bingo that you want us to feature in one of the episodes of The Coaching Cast, use the email address. Send it to hello at thecoachingcast.co.uk. We are coming to the end of today's episode where we have discussed the workplace movement of quiet quitting. Our tips and recommendations from today's episode 
are on the whiteboard that Lisa is now Ooh. holding up. <laughs> Number one, understand the expectations of you, your team, and perhaps of uh, senior leaders as well. Number two, clarify and confirm the standards. Actually, are they good enough? Does there need to be uh, an extension of that or not? Number three, decide the boundaries and involve those around you in creating them as well. And number four, be honest, be open and have inclusive conversations to kind of check in where everybody is at. We also have some self-coaching questions to ask yourself and they are, number one, what currently is or isn't working for you in your role or career? Number two, are you quietly quitting? If so, what is driving this? Number three, what could you do to change this? And number four, if you are a leader of people, believe someone and believe someone is quietly quitting in your team, how could you approach this conversation with them? Don't worry if you can't remember all of these top tips and recommendations. They will be on our Instagram page at The Coaching Cast this week. We hope you enjoyed today and have some new ideas to take away and try for yourselves. If you've got any questions, thoughts or feedback, we would love to hear from you. You can contact us in three ways on email at hello at thecoachingcast.co.uk, on Instagram at thecoachingcast. And finally, you can contact us through our website, www.thecoachingcast.co.uk. Your support helps more than you know. So if you like what you've heard today and would like to help us grow this podcast, please, 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 please do us a favor. Leave us a review on the Apple podcasting app. You've got no idea how important these are. Hit subscribe wherever you listen and give us a follow on Instagram at the coaching cast. Don't forget, you can also watch each episode on our YouTube channel by searching The Coaching Cast. We also both love music and use it to motivate and energize us. So we like to finish each episode with our personal song recommendation, giving you positivity and energy as you launch into your next meeting. It's my choice this week and I have chosen Lola's theme by Shapeshifters. What a tune. <laughs> this is the one that's got Sophie Ellis-Bexter in it. Yeah, I yeah. chose it specifically <laughs> for you. <laughs> oh, yes. I did wonder. I was like, brilliant. Why does it feel so good? Oh, no, that's a different one. Oh, what's this then? Hang on. Oh, I can't play it, can I? Oh, um, no, this isn't got... Um... Maybe this hasn't got um, Sophie Ellis-Bexter. It hasn't. No, it hasn't. I'm it's good, though. It's still well, a banger. But it's, it is an absolute tune. Take my word for it, even though I don't actually know how it goes right now. <laughs> Sorry, Shapeshifters and Sophie Ellis-Bexter. Again, <laughs> I'm completely wrong. And for whoever features in Lola's theme. Brilliant. I would play it for you, CBeebies, but I can't because I'll get sued. So we get sued, yeah. We can't play <laughs> We won't be doing that. <laughs> Thank oh you for God. listening to this high quality podcast episode <laughs> this week. Have a great week. And remember, CBBs, you've got this. Because we haven't. <laughs>